This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The truth we're discussing in this episode is from 5737, Yezayin Adar, Tavshin Lamed It's addressed to Rav Moshe Tzvi Polin. So far as I can tell, this is the only uh, truth we have in the Gros Moshe addressed to Rav Polin. And the question is straightforward. There's a man who comes from Russia, and he wants to marry a woman here in the United States. And when he was asked, um, have you married previously? He answers, yes, I was married. Um, I, well, I was together with a woman. Um, he doesn't use the word marriage necessarily in Russia, but without chuppah v'kedushin, there was no Jewish marriage. And we separated while I was still in Russia. And as this man heard, she had also left Russia. And she's found some place um, in Israel. And the question is, should the uh, Rabbi Poland be Messiah Kedushin for this man or not? So Rabbi Moshe answers the question on the most straightforward levels. From our perspective, we would never have known that he was married in Russia, and therefore, he's the only one who told us he had ever been married, and he claims there's no Chubb of Kedushin, so that should be enough. Now, that's not quite the case, because... Um, He's, we can believe him about everything he tells us, and nonetheless believe that what that what he tells us, even though he says there was no chubah v'kedushin, still constitutes halachic kedushin. Um, by invoking a pesha asar peshit, Rav Moshe only really solves one part of the question, which is, do we believe that there was no chubah v'kedushin? He doesn't solve the second question, which is, is he free to remarry? So now he says, so he says, you know what, in addition to his credibility, it's that there's also an overwhelming rove that most Jews in Russia at this time, um, again, we're in the um, mid-70s, um, do, not, um, do not marry with Chuppah V'Kedushin. Okay, so that still, um, still begs the question of whether, what they, whether the manner in which they live together still requires a get. Um, he says, now he gets to the, to the heart of the matter. And he says, even though there are some people, we know specifically Rav Yosef Leo Henkin, um, who in fact was um, was concerned about, um, really, Paskin, that you require a get from Nesuri Arkos, Loshayach Shama doesn't apply to Russia. Why? Because they just have to list themselves as a couple, and either of them can part with just unlisting themselves. It's not clear exactly what uh, Rav Moshe is saying here, why that doesn't constitute halachic um, kedushin. Um, but he seems to be showing a general unseriousness. It doesn't take any any kind of, um, from his perspective, it doesn't take anything to separate them. And furthermore, he says, and sometimes the government separates them, and the government is utterly unconcerned 
as to this one being here and this one being there. So it sounds like, if I'm reading Rav Moshe correctly, it's not that they're unconcerned, it's that the government is unconcerned about it, and therefore this can't possibly be considered marriage. That also is a very interesting idea, that um, because the government doesn't recognize it, um, and, uh, right, and that's what makes it unserious. Very odd argument. Um so the underlying nature <coughs> of the relationship is not ishus kavua mamish. So the word mamish is always a, a red flag to those of us who are looking for precise formulations. If you have to say mamish, it means you don't have a formulation that works without an emphatic. Um, but Moshe says it's this is clearly not ishus kavua. So now we have the beginnings of a definition that that marriage requires Isha's kuvua, uh, but it might be that was re- that part of what's driving him, uh, driving him is if you, right, since in the Soviet Union, n- nobody is getting divorced with Gittin, and I think that's the same thing that drives um, drives many post in the U.S., you'll just have rampant mamzeros, and that's, is, so by not recognizing the marriages, you are preventing mamzeros. Perhaps that's what's driving Rav Moshe here. In any case, he makes these two arguments. One is, um, one is that there's an overwhelming majority, but again, that doesn't solve it. So there's two arguments about uh, the invalidity of the marriage are, one, all you have to do to end the marriage is for either party to uh, to unsign, although he doesn't make clear that it's either party, that, it's no, that either party can divorce without the consent of the other, but I think that's what he means. And secondly, that the government separates the separates married couples without concern leaving one behind or other, which, again, I think is a, um, I, I guess I say from an American perspective um, that those in power don't recognize your marriages doesn't mean that your marriages aren't um, deep and sincere uh, and shouldn't have legal force, right? This you know, is going to raise uh, slavery issues for us. If I'm reading Ramosha correctly, that is uh, an argument that as Americans we might even find distasteful, um, but I'm not sure I'm reading him correctly, and the outcome in this case is that he prevents, uh, he prevents Mamzeris, and in the case of this man also, and many other um, uh, people who left Russia and, and do not have a, a realistic chance of finding the people they were living together with in Russia, uh, this is certainly a very positive psaq. Vigam Berakos, the Cholom and he says, look, it seems to me that all civil marriages, Yoter Notish Einle Hasrich Get, it seems to me more likely that we don't require a get, has differently nuan- different nuances of this position um, in many chuvot. But lechumra, when it's possible to get a get, maybe it's a good idea to get a get. Other places, Moshe is more definite. Uh, I think the downside of of trying to get a get is that, of course, um, it makes people take the marriage more seriously in other cases, and therefore can lead to um, cases igun and mamzeros because people take the chumra um, too seriously. Okay. The Kvarbiartis have become the Kohens of Chuvasai, and I already explained this um, in various places in Igris Moshe. Now he gets to the, heart, to the issue that is at the heart of our series. Therefore, if there is no way to verify whether or not the original marriage was Bechup of the Kedushin, we can believe him because of Pesha Asr Ho Pesha Yitir. And that really should be dispositive. But now he says, but if it's possible in some way to verify whether the Kedushin was done, was whether the, the, the marriage was done, the Kedushin, until 
Right, at some point before the time that is established for his um, upcoming uh, remarriage, it's better to clarify it. Because maybe they made a chup of a condition here. So that's a very strange uh, notion. We have a pesha asaru a pesha yidir. We have an overwhelming rove. Um, not clear how great the odds are of finding, of finding out what happened in Russia back then. You could ask the man if he had friends who were there, I guess. Um, this is an odd case to ask for after livery. And Ravosh's language also, I have a tovlevar, so he doesn't think you have to. So clearly it's not a, uh, it's not a chiv to be mevarer. Um, it's not like, as we've seen in other cases, that, oh, it's not even a suffix if you're not mevarer or, or you're looking away from obvious evidence. So why does Ramosha do this? So it could just be that Ramosha always thinks it's better to be mevarer if you can. Um, but it's possible there's a clue in the next line as well. Even though mitzad adin, there's no reason to be machmir on this man at all. Mikol makom lichshash aguna yesh lachush yoter. But you have to be extremely careful when there's a risk of igud. So maybe what Rav Moshe is saying, it depends how you read the continuity, is that for, for the sake of the man. There's no reason to be machmir, but there's another party involved here, there's the woman, and if the man is not telling the truth, we really believe him, he's telling the truth, but if he's not telling the truth, then his wife is going to be, um, is going to be stuck, and we really don't want that. Um, because maybe when, if, when, at some point they'll find the woman, and she'll say, they did have a in Russia, and she's going to ask for um, for a get, and maybe he won't be so into giving a get then, whether because he's not a good person or because it's very difficult when you're already married to it's emotionally difficult. You're already married. You want to give a get, uh, then you have to give a get to another woman. Your wife thinks that she was engaged in bigamy. Um, all sorts of reasons. So Moshe says, therefore, tovel get So we should require him to give a get. Um, right, give the get to a shliach in case she should want it at some future time. Um, and you write the, the shemos of her shemos as he gives them. Obviously, you can't verify with her because you haven't found her. Because we have no basis for engaging in further investigation about her names. As long as we get one name right, as long as he's being straight with us, we'll get one name right, and that should be enough to make the get um, kosher. Uh, even if it's just a nickname. But if we can't even write a get, either because we just can't be clear about the names or there's some element of expense involved, um, or he's just not right, I'm not sure what else there would be, why he wouldn't be able to write a get. I guess it could be a question of money, I'm not sure, maybe there isn't enough time, I don't know. Um, but if for whatever reason a get can't be written and given to a shliach, but right, so if you can't get a get out of him now, then you should require him to write a commitment uh, in front of witnesses that if the woman comes and uh, demands a get, then he will be obligated to give her a get immediately without any um, without any attempts to uh, any any complaints. Or attempts to demand money, or any other uh, any other issues. Uh, it's not clear exactly what the level of this ischayvus is. Chermosha uh, doesn't say you should take a shvua, um, and 
maybe he's worried that there are get moose issues if he actually takes a shvur. Uh, he just writes bichtav that he'll be chayav. Interesting, uh, interesting language. Uh, it seems to me that what um, may be going on here, the reason of Moshe requires Efshar Levrura here. So just as in a, what, well, the first shuva we did, I think, um, or one of the first shuvas we did, Rav Moshe said that you had to make it, even though there was more evidence to get, but because you would possibly be, del- be delaying a woman's remarriage, and you had enough evidence to decide, um, then you had to go ahead and not wait to get the further evidence, because delaying a woman's marriage is like Egon, and that's a major thing. So here Rav Moshe says that um, even though there's no reason not to let the man remarry from his perspective, and we're not worried about him, but there's the specter of Egon in the background if it turns out that he misremembered, say. And therefore, Moshe says, let's do everything we can to establish to our uh, satisfaction, as best we can, that there was no hope of a condition. Finding the woman, apparently, seems to be a, you know, there's no hope of that, at least before the man's wedding. Um, so let's at least do that. And then he says, look, and even if we can't, we try to be Mavara and we can't. Uh, the, or there's, there's no way to be Mavara, so you still should require um, the man to be Mashli Shiget. This is consistent with the remote position, as we saw elsewhere, that you, um, right, that if you give, give a heter merabanim, that the man has to be Mashli Shiget. Rav Moshe is very, very insistent that there be no circumstance in which you allow the man to remarry without doing everything conceivable to ensure that if the woman wants to remarry, she will be able to uh, as well. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at episode 11. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.